Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. This podcast is brought to you by Versanta. Situated in the heart of the merchant city, Versanta brings a taste of Scotland to you. Versanta has a passion for using seasonal local produce from Scotland and are here to ensure their guests have the very best experience from the moment they walk through the door. At Versanta, you can expect a variety of Scottish food from mussels and scallops to home-cooked favourites including mince and tatties and steak and sausage pie. The resident chef Dom and his team serve an array of culinary delights to suit every taste at affordable prices. With highly skilled bartenders who have travelled the world, they will conjure up some of the finest cocktails for you with their extensive knowledge of the drinks on offer. There's also the unique private dining room, the hideout at Versanta which is a charming space ideal for a variety of events, from corporate dinners, networking events, press launches, intimate gatherings, small boutique weddings and private parties with seating for up to 40 guests and up to 55 for more casual events. Also available every day is the Bubbles and Bites, which incorporates some of the Versanta's favourite dishes, which you can enjoy whilst you sip on a glass or two of Prosecco. And on a Saturday and Sunday, you can join the team for their weekend brunch, available from 9 in the morning until 1pm. Versanta is open seven days a week from midday, and genuinely, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I am pretty obsessed with Versanta. We at the GGC are, and Versanta are also a partner of the website, so all members can flash their keyring for some great deals. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about interviewing some inspirational folks for you all. This week on the podcast we have the super amazing Becky White. When Becky White discovered it was possible to talk for a living, her fate was sealed. After starting her PR career in-house at National Footwear Retailer Shoe, Becky moved over to Agency Life at Genuine PR before founding her own Glasgow-based communications agency, Becky White PR, in 2009 at the age of 24. In 2018, she took the brave decision to close her iconic Glasgow agency to launch a global agency and network of creatives called Atomic 10. This podcast was recorded in October 2018, shortly after Becky had launched her amazing new venture and in it she shares her lessons learned in business in her 12 years in the PR industry and chats very openly about her own journey. Becky White, we love you. Hello Becky, thank you so much for being on the GGC podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm good, it's good, it's good to just get you on the podcast and have a conversation with you. I'm feeling all cosy in your living room. I know, I'm overseeing how Becky matches the living room, (laughs) she literally has the exact same colours on. I do, it's as if I knew. (laughs) So I wanted to get you on today Becky, just to really chat about you, chat about your career. You've just launched a really, really exciting new agency, so to chat about that and really just to open up a conversation because we were saying just before we came on air that PRs in Glasgow are influencers. You guys are the type of people that I'll follow just to see what you're up to in your career. It's quite an exciting industry. Yeah, it is. I think from the from the outside, it probably looks very glamorous. And sometimes it can be. Do you know what I mean? We're working with really fun brands a lot of yes. the time. We're in the kind of arena that I work in. I mean, there's PRs that work with mortgage brokers or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, insurance definitely. chains whatever and that's you know great too Absolutely. probably probably make a lot more money than I do <laughs> um, but it's the creatives <laughs> it's the creatives you don't make the more fun your job is tends to be the less money you make yeah, so um, but yeah it's it's exciting because you know it's our job to know what's going on in 
you know, in Glasgow, but also UK-wide, internationally, what's the hottest new thing? That sounds so no, wanky, but, no, but, but you know what I mean? No, it's part of the job. It is part how, of the job. How do you keep on top of it all? It's a lot, and I think the industry's changed so dramatically since I started out back in, oh my God, 2006. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that actually gives me the book. No. Um, 2006, as a fresh-faced 21-year-old, um, I worked in-house at Shoe, first okay. of all, as in Shaha, <laughs> and <laughs> at their head office in the glamorous Livingston. Lovely. So um, I worked part-time in a store when I was at uni in Stirling, and they used to, they tend, I don't know if they do anymore, but at the time they recruited from their stores for their head office positions, oh, which was really cool because they got staff that really understood the brand, were loyal to it already yeah. and really loved it, um, just for junior positions. So I kind of got my foot in the door that way. Um, but from starting out in PR there so long ago when really, I mean, social media didn't really, ex- it existed, but it was MySpace and Bebo. Do you remember but Bebo? The, oh my Love God, Bebo. but that is exactly like, I was saying this the other day when I was at uni and when I first started, mm-hmm. Facebook was something that people were like, I've got it, but I don't use it. Yeah, no one even, ha- no one had Facebook yet. It oh had, I think it maybe just was starting to come over to the UK. Bebo became a Bebo thing when I, I was in fourth year at uni because I remember procrastinating so much. <laughs> As like dissertation or Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I did Bebo. like Bebo though. So I should have known from it was really I'd really like Bebo yeah, too. Bring it. Bebo back. <laughs> <laughs> Start a campaign. Um, but I remember that I loved that and actually like when I worked at Shu like social media got banned because people were of it. I think it was people still didn't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. But I was pals with one of the guys in IT and I was like Blair go and, go and just let me have Bebo on my computer. Two weeks later he came through he was like I need a word with you I was like oh god right he was like Becky you're the only one in the whole company that has access to Bebo and it's the second most used site in the company oh my god <laughs> he was like maybe go and do some work so <laughs> I was a really hard worker from a young age and you know <laughs> start as you mean <laughs> my old boss Lucy who's still one of my good friends if you're listening to this I'm sorry um <laughs> I did also get some press coverage. But starting out there, it was so different because it was very print focused. Yeah. And people still weren't... So social media wasn't even something we were engaging with. The term blogger was just kind of coming through. But again, it was very new. It wasn't something that you were really... It wasn't within our marketing strategy no. or our PR strategy. It was just a sort of buzzword that was starting to come through. Bearing in mind at this point... ASOS was just launching and it was still as seen on screen and it was still in that format of just copying celeb but it was not what it is today in any stretch of the imagination so that's where we were in online shopping for shoe as well online their e-commerce they were actually really ahead of the game in terms of multi-channel retailing I feel like I'm going on a massive tangent no this is good this is good content (laughs) but it's it's still it was really the stores and again at that point there wasn't the competition. So I guess what I'm trying to say back then, there was it wasn't as saturated and yeah. it wasn't as fast paced because it wasn't as instant. We didn't have the competition that there is today in footwear or across the board because supermarkets weren't selling clothes yet. Okay, you, uh-huh. New Look and things like that were only just beginning to do accessories. Pre-mark wasn't where it is today at all. Okay. Or, you know, there wasn't, there was maybe Matlam, but that wasn't 
some somewhere people would have shopped yep. unless you were like somebody's mom. Like it's <laughs> not like it wasn't somewhere you would have gone. Um, and so there wasn't that competition. I guess yeah. it was what I'm trying to say. It was a bit easier. It was yeah, a bit like more easier. like it was slower paced, and we were really print focused. And remember being really excited because working at Shoe as well was an amazing opportunity for me coming straight out of uni yep. I was working at a national retailer and getting to live in Scotland yes. so I was working down in London on big press days and events working with you know big celebs at the time like Girls Aloud which were my f- absolute favourites oh, so when we them. sent shoes to them I like actually almost died the first time I got to work with Girls Aloud I was- so did you get to meet them? I, I have met them, but it wasn't through shoe. Right, it was okay. Randomly, they've seen me in my bra before, actually. <laughs> That's another story. Oh, well, with the podcast. But it was, you know, that that was all going on. I'm kind of going on a tangent here. Um, no, but the with the print, the change, and it was really print focused. And I remember one time we got um, coverage in L's. They did a, a weekly newsletter at that point, which now would just be like, you send out five a day. Yeah. Um, and it was a top 10 chart of like the coolest things or most fashionable things. I can't even remember. And we got, me and my boss got a pair of these tartan, they're so ugly, tartan platforms, oh, court yeah. shoes. But at the time would have been very, actually probably be quite in again now. They've probably come, come round again. Around. And I remember we were so excited and took it to other people in the company. People were just like, but when's it going in the magazine? no one cared and that was just a kind of that was the attitude that was back the then attitude. it was just like yeah but when's it going in a mag people Whereas didn't now see it would be like you're like digital, right digital yes. we can tr- there's we can totally track, track that links, we can absolutely. see where it's all coming from it's much more tangible and um, it's much more fast-paced we can get in and out really quickly and um, but back then it didn't matter so then I worked there for about a year and a half and it was amazing sort of um first footing in the industry literally, um, first <laughs> literally yeah and dream job for me when I was at uni I thought I wanted to I, was like, I want to be fashion editor of L. sure and, <laughs> and no and would never have happened I did yeah I wasn't that but yeah. you've always taken like you are very fashion like you that is like your class that's what I love that's what you love it's so. what I love it's my interest so I think now I actually don't work with that many fashion brands at all but back then that was my real interest okay. and it was and I think for me as a 21 year old like living in Sterling like being able to be like I worked in shoe and this big national brand it was a bit like you know for the ego as well oh, so of course. my friends used to all take the absolute piss out of me because <laughs> I'd say I did the PR for shoe but back then again PR wasn't it wasn't what it is today as in people be like wouldn't have been like oh I want to work in PR okay um so people just thought I was a flyer girl. Right. Which again, absolutely nothing wrong with being a promo girl. No. But my ego, I was just like, eh, shoe, the whole country, not just Sterling. <laughs> and so anytime I said, oh, I work for shoe, my friends would all say, eh, the whole country, not just Sterling. <laughs> you need to have <laughs> friends like, like that, don't you? It was like, you're being an old. <laughs> um, but it was such a cool job. And then I went traveling for a bit. I went traveling for about five months with one of my best friends. And that was amazing. Brilliant. Where um, did you go? We went all over California, um, Hawaii, Fiji, and then all over Eastern Australia. It was wow, it was amazing. That's a good trip. Um, and then came back because I ran out of money quite quickly. As you as do. As you do. And um, wanted to, and by this point as well, I had a boyfriend in Scotland. Whereas before I would have been, I want to move to London. That yes. was a focus. Um, but at this point I was like, I was in love, yes. wanted to stay up in, in Scotland, so 
um, got a job in Glasgow um, at an amazing boutique agency called Genuine PR. And it was very different. It was, I'd gone from this massive retailer where press really came to us. Yes. And it was, it was, you know, it was hard graph, but it was, you were the big fish. Yes. Going from that to an agency working with emerging designers and emerging places where I remember having a conversation with my boss at the time, Chris, and I was like, we have to phone the press. He was Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pick up the phone. You're... And I was very confused by that. I was like, oh, right. Mm. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, <Mark>. oh. <laughs> this is Oh, right. Okay. This is different. <laughs> and not having the same budgets we had yeah. before. And because I become quite used to that, not having, you know, there wasn't a marketing department, there wasn't a buying department, there wasn't an accounts, there wasn't this big head office where you had loads of other people doing for you. There wasn't an IT department that you could just call if you wanted on Bebo. Yeah. And, you know, like, there wasn't, you, it was very small, there was only three of us, it was a small agency. And, but it was amazing, worked on really high profile events at Fashion Week and oh, loads of, re- like, very different, but really incredible experience. Um, worked with, uh, it was uh, quite a lot of events based stuff working with a lot of drinks brands okay um and emerging music talent and partnering those on events oh, and initiatives brilliant. which was really cool um and it was a really amazing opportunity for me to kind of get like I guess sort of introduced to Glasgow because I'd never lived in Glasgow before okay. so moving to Glasgow I was 22 so you're from Aberdeen. From Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. Okay. The Shire. The Shire. The Shire. <laughs> um, I am from the home of, um, this is only people know where it is now because Brewdog's based where I went to school. Uh, so and I'm like, where Brewdog are from? And people know where it is now. Ah, right, okay. Whereas before that. Brewdog Shire. <laughs> Brewdog Shire. Um, so uh, yeah, I went to school in Ireland where they're they're based um but yeah living in Glasgow it was an amazing introduction to the city and the nightlife and that scene because we were so tapped into like the art scene music fashion and it was you know it was really it was a really exciting time as well it was that would have been early 2008 2008 2009 in Glasgow and there was so much going on it was sort of like just a really fun exciting vibrant time for the city um and it was a really exciting time but at the same time it just wasn't quite the right fit for me agency wise I wasn't really happy and I was starting to be like "Mm, not really enjoying the work anymore and I knew that PR was something that I really loved doing and I didn't want to lose that yeah so I made the bold move to just quit which was um I remember phoning my boyfriend at the time and I was just like I think I'm gonna quit today and he was like, what, like every day? And I was like, no, I'm going to quit. I was like, it's time, I'm going to quit. And he was like, we'll come home, we'll talk about it. And I was like, he was like, I can't pay the bills on my own. And I was like, oh God, right, you're right. I'm being, yeah. I'm being, you know, ridiculous, right? I need to think more calmly about this. But then okay. I, I just quit anyway. Did you? Oh my goodness. And um, then, I, but I'd given myself, I was like, right, do you know what? If I don't have a job in two weeks, I'll be able to get a job working in shoe yeah. in a store on Sock Hill Street yeah. or I'll, I used to work in pizza I was like, I'll be able to get a job like yes. I'll be able to Something make money to tide you over yeah and so but then as soon as I, I left and other people you know I, I made as many meetings as I possibly could and that's what I always say to like people that have kind of come through the agency over the years and stuff I'm like the only advice I can give you is just be proactive put yourself out there no one's going to come to you yes if you don't ask you don't get it. the worst someone will say is no sorry I can't help yeah so just had met up with as many people as I possibly could because I knew I still wanted to work in fashion but I didn't want to move in lo- to London yeah 
And I just left really the one agency that did that in Glasgow. And I'd worked at really the only other retailer based in Scotland, yeah. apart from like maybe USC. Or So I was like, there wasn't that many options. And I met up with a freelancer who gave me the best advice I've ever been given, Lisa Watt, amazing okay. woman. And she said, why don't you just start out on your own? Yeah. And I was like, well, I couldn't do that. I'm only 24. I don't have enough experience. Like, I'm too young. And she's like, well, the worst that will happen is you end up unemployed. Oh, wait, you already are. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, burn. Savage, I was like, but, but so true. <laughs> and it wasn't something I'd ever considered before. I think yeah. some people probably thought that I'd left my last job with the intention of doing that. But it really was, it wasn't that. It wasn't even on my radar. And um, My dad's always been self-employed. And I kind of grew up with that and saw the kind of amazing in some ways yeah. but I always saw the pressures that put on my mum okay. and like you know arguments about you know stresses about money and yeah. you know when's when, the invoice uh-huh. coming yeah and I really I didn't want that I didn't I quite liked knowing that my money came in at a certain Regularly. time every month yeah. and that's really I'm not like that in many other ways in terms of structure but I did like that. having that pay packet yeah. um and so I was like oh I don't know and but she had made a very good point. What's the worst that could happen? So um, just very quick. Glasgow's a village, so very yes. quickly when people found out I was going freelance, I got freelance work in two agencies, uh, or a PR. So I know you know Brilliant, Laura. She yes. gave me like my first gig, and um, which was amazing. It was working at the Lotus Avora International Press Launch at Cameron House for two weeks, which was amazing. It was sort of like sort of concierge, like. For the press, which Brilliant. was really cool, and then I worked at an agency called Burke Greener, um, sort of part like part time as well. But then very quickly built up my own client base, okay. and then couldn't do the freelance work anymore. So my first client was Audio Chi, which is now RHA Acoustics. You know the headphones, yes. yeah, yeah. So, but when they first launched, it was um can headphones with sort of quilted bands and like pa- like printed cans and different colors and okay. stuff, which now sound that total commonplace. But back then it was um, it was very yeah. forward thinking, and also because iPhones had just come out, okay. and so people were only really that whole like like accessorizing your technology is just that's what you do. Everyone has a really nice yes, phone cover. cover. People have laptop, laptop covers, covers, whatever it might be. But then it was there wasn't that many, and so I had my task was I came like the whole campaign, photo shoot, everything like that. Um, I was probably totally out of my depth. I'd worked on photo shoots and before, but I'd never produced one myself. Right, okay. So, so I was you, like, did you have to just totally like wing it? I mean, I had lots of contacts of amazing, talented people that came in yes. and did an amazing job. So I really, you know, they were, I didn't have to do that much, yes. which is great. But then it was my job to launch this headphone brand as a fashion accessory, okay. which again, sounds like with brands like Skinny Dip or like, you know, it seems really, well, that's obvious. But back then it really wasn't. I remember phoning contacts and they were just like, Becky, why are you calling me about headphones? I was like, please just let me send you a pair and you'll okay. understand. And then they did. So okay. we got it. We, at the time again, this probably doesn't sound like very fashion now, but um, Cheryl Cole wore them in um, Q magazine. And it was, the I don't know if you remember, it was, she had front cover of Q, which was, proper like that was really big deal to put like a pop princess like that on Q magazine she wasn't wearing them on the cover but she was wearing them in the main shoot um so that that was a big deal it was an L we got in Vogue like all like all your weeklies it was in all the gift guides so it was a really for me as a first campaign it was amazing and from that 
I had a portfolio and could build things up and then things kind of just grew really quickly but this it was just me in my spare bedroom yes. like my cat like yeah. it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't glamorous by any stretch of the imagination um I feel like this isn't what you asked me. You're no, just this, like, is exact, <laughs> this is exactly what I, I was like. This to is do. the the story of Becky, even though you didn't ask. There's so many um, lessons, that, like the tips that you're giving throughout this. So. Um, and so it was like that for had more clients. So it was mostly it was footwear, jewelry, um, a lot of I don't know if you like you know how there's you know, got Lindsay shoes and ego and public yes. desire. I worked with like the first run of those. Ah, so like okay. so you shoes, runway shoes, and um, there was another one that's so bad I can't remember. There's been so many clients over the years. Yeah, I can't remember. But um sort of discounted, but the main oh, hello. Oh, you're. <laughs> <laughs> I should get that edited out. <laughs> How rude. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should edit that out. It's funny. Um, and sort of quickly, it got to a stage where I was like, oh, I'm kind of got a lot here. And you know, that way I was kind of having to start to turn down work. Yeah. But again, what I was doing, it was still very much press. Yeah. Um, but by this point, I'm a bit of blogger, blogger outreach, okay. as we would have called it, blogger gifting. Um, they weren't called influencers yet. Influencer wasn't a word we used yet. Okay. Um, social media was, we were using it for business. Yeah. But again, it wasn't a service I was providing people. It was yeah. still, people understood they needed to do it. They were starting to see the value from it. But even, you know, it's Facebook weren't even seeing the value yet. Yes, so it's yeah. the businesses weren't individually. And Instagram wasn't even a thing, you know, Twitter really was just becoming a thing. Yeah. And um so it was really still just Facebook was the main yes, one. Yeah. And knowing, you know, that way where you look back on your memories from Facebook around this time, sort of two thousand and <laughs> two thousand and nine, and you're like oh my god no one knew how to use it properly no, I, no. I'm surprised I had any friends when I see my status <laughs> updates it's a shame for me your time hop you're like oh my, oh my why god. did I say that why did I post that like I know I know I think like, everyone must feel the same though uh-huh. like I actually was the girl where you know it's like you okay hon PM me babes like <laughs> so cringe so cringe um so then I moved out of my wee spare room into an office in central chambers in town where actually which eventually became like this really cool hub of like so many fun businesses of like Sarah Hill and Academy Makeup Tammy and Naf Salon and um I mean there was loads of really cool you, like you fun businesses. And you walk the corridors of Central Chamber and you see uh, that Sweden bus- yeah, as well, like, because yeah. um, I was in Sweden the other day. I mean, that was quite, I suggested Leah should move in there when I was in there. I was like, move into Sweden, the building, should then I could get, get my nails done at lunch. Of course. Um, but it's, it was a really nice community. But when I first moved in, it was a tiny, tiny room. Like, I could barely fit in it, like, got a desk. But it was a really amazing opportunity because you could get a really low um a really short um lease okay and it was really cheap so there wasn't really any risk because I was like if this doesn't work out I can just move back to my flat again but it did so had a small um one and then went into a bigger one took on my first member of staff um didn't have a clue what I was doing my actual my first member of staff was my now sister-in-law it didn't work out poor like poor Rachel was just like you were no we were not meant to work together that's but so, <laughs> so was she with your brother at the time oh, yeah no she was yeah right, okay, that's not how they met they were already together um but they're now married um so yeah I didn't affect the relationship too badly <laughs> 
you know that way we had a conversation I was like oh you don't want to be like sitting at Christmas dinner with your family and you're like are you going on holiday this year and then your brother had been like well we can't unless you give her a pay rise you, you don't oh, want to open no, up those kind of conversations I know, I know. so I think it's I think sometimes working with family probably works really well but I think it's it's something that you've got it can you've got to be careful yes so that didn't quite work out and then I took on my first employee and that would have been in 2000 and beginning of 2012 so I'd had the business for almost like for maybe like two two and a half okay three years by the time I took on my first employee and that must have been scary it was really scary because yeah. I think what was it doesn't sound like, see if you've not run a business or even if you're starting out and it wasn't something I thought about until someone said it to me, but you, taking on one person doesn't sound like a big deal, but yeah. you're increasing your workforce by 100%. Yes. That's a that's big. And your you responsibilities. Know, you're suddenly responsible and especially, I'm a bit of a control freak because I'm sure many people reach yeah. for. And, and many people are as Yeah, well. and it's, you've been growing something and you've been doing everything, mm-hmm. like managing to like let go of that's tricky and I, I didn't have any management experience. I'd never managed anyone, like even working in shoe in the yeah. store or anything. So I was properly learning on my feet. I didn't really know where to go for support. I didn't know anyone else that ran a business really at that time I wasn't really I was tapped in like I'd had fun like um, loans from the Prince's Trust and was tapped in with that network but everyone was kind of in the same like stage that I knew I didn't really know anyone that had employees or if I did it was a very different industry and working in the kind of industry that's PR it's fashion lifestyle beauty it's quite you know it's quite informal you've kind of all it's creative and also I, I was in this thing that I was like I want to enjoy I want work to feel like my home and I don't yes. want to feel like the boss yeah and because of that I probably I was very you know I really wanted to make sure it was a, a nice place to work but because of that it probably meant that I wasn't as much of the boss as I needed yeah. to be from the beginning okay because it's it's very difficult when, especially in a small team, when you're working so closely with people, and um, because you do, you become you form relationships and become fr- you become friends or you know not close friends, but you become, you do become friendly and yes. then, but then having to then pull it back and be like, right, well actually now I need to go into boss mode, uh-huh. and unless you've got those boundaries and and you're be able to be clear about expectations from the beginning then it's difficult for everybody moving yeah. forward because you don't necessarily know quite where you stand and things change and that's the nature of the beast of a small business anyway it is very changeable because yes. you kind of got to just be really reactive and you know and think on your feet with stuff and be quite flexible as an employee in a small business I mean what you can get from working from a small business is huge the amount of experiential gain quickly yes is amazing to then maybe go on somewhere else yeah but it also means that it's probably not as structured mm-hmm. not as organized it's a bit fly by seat your pants especially working for someone with my personality type where I'm just a bit like what's oh, something shiny something new. like <laughs> I'm like oh go yeah I'm like in the middle of a conversation about something and my brain just goes <laughs> so I'm like on to like another like co- three conversations down the line and yeah. I realise I've not ex- you know Explain. so I know yeah so, so working, you're learning a lot about yourself as yeah. Well your, yeah um so yeah, employ- like taking on someone is it is tricky, but you also the benefits of it are amazing because you've got finally you can take on more work and you, yeah. you're like you've got people to bounce ideas off. So we grew, there was um two of us and then within a year we took on someone else. Mm-hmm. And then 
there was a part we took people on it wasn't quite right took people on because again I didn't know how to employ people yeah I didn't know what to do interviewing but how would you you've not done it before I mean you I researched stuff I tried my best but you sometimes and also what a lot of people don't say to you at start is a lot of time you don't know until people are in the office people can give really great interview Oh, of course they can. And, I know. Um, but when and then they and start, and, lies, and, well. yeah, and it's not just that. But and then also some people give a great interview because they are amazing. Yeah. But then it's not the right fit for them as yeah. well. It's got to work yep. both ways. Absolutely. Um, and so I was really lucky in the sense that we built Becky White PR, and it was we had a team at one point. I think there was seven of us, which was, you know, from building it from just me in a spare bedroom up to that and having really quite high profile clients on the books and you know working on big accounts it was it was really exciting but I I just managing people was something that just never came naturally to me and it wasn't it was always the part of the business that gave me the most stress yeah I guess it was what gave me the most anxiety yes um it's what I worried about the most because I was you know so concerned about being everyone else and making sure I was like I really wanted to be a nice place to work that I probably and this is just me being really honest I don't yep. know a lot of people maybe it's not something we speak about that much mm-hmm. um because you're just meant as a boss you're just meant to you're just meant to get the job done and yep. you're meant to know what you're doing and you're just meant to suck it up and mm-hmm. you're not meant to take things personally and you know some you know there's always going to be people are going to complain and bitch yeah. about their boss of course, of course they are because yeah. you've got and that's fine you've got to take the flat with that um because you're running the ship and sometimes you have to pull rank and you have to you have to yeah you can't always say yes to people and that doesn't go down well sometimes but at the end of the day your biggest concern is ensuring that that company still exists yeah that you can then so everyone's getting paid yeah absolutely I know it's and, such a big responsibility when you yeah. think about other people's wages as well as your own uh-huh. and I think because of that you sometimes what I I found sometimes I maybe said yes to business we shouldn't have said yes to so I think I kind of began, began to maybe like lose like the sight and the focus of where what did I want where did what why did I start Becky White PR yes. what did I want from it all these things then I met the most amazing woman Isabel Okay. Who, um, is was my business mentor. Okay. And still is. I've not seen her recently, but um, she came into the business and made um had to kind of hold a mirror up to myself yeah. and the business, asking, ask the staff some really tough feedback, okay. and you know we we sort of really went deep, asked what people liked. We did stop start continues, which if anyone's done them, like hats off to you because it's. It's amazing, What's but that? it's basically we asked the whole team if you could, and we did it about me mm-hmm. and the business. Right, and okay. it's if you could start anything immediately, what would you start? Okay. If you could stop anything right, immediately, okay. what would you stop? Okay. And if you could, what could, would you continue? And it was anonymous, and so, but it's you know, it's oh, that must it's be, yeah, that's hard. It's yeah. it's. It's really, it's tough, yes. but it was necessary in order to take the business to the next level because you really need to listen to what the team want and to try and build that business yeah. around them um, and get the best out of people as well. Um, so we did that and restructured things and got like much more structured processes in place okay. and um, in terms of like 
progression within the company and yeah. what people could expect and what expectations were on people and it was great um, and it also it allowed me to look at the business in a much better way and from that we moved forward and we kind of almost like six months later kind of had a bit of a rebirth because people from there I'm a few staff moved on and yes. um, a couple of girls are doing amazingly well now they're in really great agencies and I can see that they're doing great jobs and they've gone on to do amazing stuff, which is just so lovely to see that and know that like BWPR was part of that journey from them and that they found maybe a home that's right for them now. And that's really cool. Do you know what? See, see if there's people out there that are like, there'll be people out there that are made to manage people and need to, um, because it is leading people and managing people are two different things. And when you're, but, as a small business owner, you really have to do both. Do both and then also still you're in the business, still running it and still it's it's quite a lot to juggle. But there's people out there that probably really enjoy it and are really good at it. And you want hats off to you because it's one of the hardest jobs in the world, I think. And if it's something you're good at and you enjoy and you've got, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and But I think it's as well when you're running a business, it's about trying to be really honest about what your strengths are. You had a really, really brave moment and decided to completely change things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I decided um, that was about that was in 2000 and God what year is it 2018 that was 2016 okay so um, we had a bit of a rebirth and I also went through again maybe something people don't I think especially as women we're always taught we're like right don't take emotion into business we yeah. need to make sure that we're like we're which is really brave hard. and it, it's really hard and I think if you own your own business it's because you're doing something well, hopefully you're passionate you about love, uh-huh. and you love and it, your personal life probably does impact that because you're if you're doing something you love it's because you're taking inspiration from yep. your own life and um so I went through like quite after all sort of changes in the business happened I sort of it gave me a chance to really reflect on my personal life mm-hmm. and I decided to get a divorce so, so that, yeah that's another massive thing yeah. so that gave you clarity did you think yeah I think so because it's one area of your life's kind of cleaned up yeah. and you're like right this is all right taking yeah. along now right and then you realise you're like, mm, actually, things aren't right here. So I'm not going to go into detail about no, it because it's course. not just my story to tell. Nothing bad happened, but I think you just, I, me and my ex, who was, like, I was moved to Glasgow to yes, be and all that. Okay. We'd been together since I was 21. We yeah. were babies. So yeah. I think life moves along and people change yes. and you have different, you know, you, you get to know yourself, you go on a journey and sometimes you're just it's you're not in the same place anymore and it's it's about again like with a business it's about making that really tough decision that you could stay somewhere where you're comfortable and it's all right or you can make the brave move to just break apart and start something new and that sort of again using the word rebirth but it is that kind of you know that it's okay to start again you yep. know, at the age of 31, like, just kind of starting completely from scratch. Yep. And I think there's a lot of reasons that I was maybe didn't do it sooner. because, And a lot of that comes down to ego. Okay. Because you're worried what other people are going to think. You're worried that people will think that you failed. Mm-hmm. That you failed at your relationship. That you failed at marriage. That you failed at your business. Mm-hmm. You, and all of those things are going through your head. So... It is, it's scary. It's really scary to do it. But I'm so glad I did because, you know, I'm sure 
everyone's much happier now yeah. that we're involved in situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's about letting go. Yes. Because um, I think some people and some, you know, parts of your life, they're not meant to last forever. Yeah. They're meant to be there at a certain time or for a certain phase to teach you certain lessons or to bring you together with other people or whatever it might be. And it was just time to sort of phase out those yeah. areas so then being kind of on my own and again having all that reflection yes uh, yeah. <laughs> again sorry this is getting a bit hippy dippy for some people no, the universe all. had a plan this and all that um so I had a year of like really looking at the business again and had an amazing team alongside me had amazing girl that I want to give a shout out to because she was has been one of the most incredible team members or employees I ever had and that's Lauren Calderwood okay hi Lauren <laughs> she um stayed with me for another year she started out as an intern with me and worked her way up and just just such an amazing person so so loyal so supportive so talented and I had no idea how she didn't never knew how talented she was okay. an amazing graphic designer but just could throw her hand at anything and yeah. just a fantastic person and so well liked as well and she we worked together and it was the two of us with sort of people dipping in and out over a year and um then lauren got um she got offered a job at opoly that's where she is now so she's okay, working okay. does graphic design photography loads of things for them an amazing opportunity yes. for her and obviously i was absolutely glad she was leaving because she's incredible yes. but i was so proud yeah. that she was going as well and like haven't ever been prouder of someone i was just like oh, oh just like lovely. flying the nest yeah so Lauren leaving, although I was gutted, it put me in a really interesting position because for the first time in, God, seven and a half years, I wasn't legally obligated to anyone or I didn't have... have felt different. It was, yeah, it was, it's, it was strange. And my, my usual go-to would have been like, oh God, right, I've got to find a replacement. I need to employ other people. I've got to do this, got to do that. And I think I suddenly, I was just like, right this is something you keep doing maybe there's a lesson here okay. maybe maybe it's time to do something a bit different and so I decided that um this was the opportunity to really strip things back a little bit rather than continue to try and build this business model that was kind of going into a bit of a rotation and not actually growing yes. any further I was like right how can I do things differently to move this forward in a different way and trying yeah. to think you know I think there's a lot of there's a lot out there at the moment people talking about what does success look like to you yes. and it doesn't have to look like you know it's it's not necessarily necessarily financial or your business growing financially or by numbers of people every year yeah. obviously that is a type of success but it's it doesn't have to be your type of success absolutely and you know at the end of the day if what makes you happy yeah. and is that and for me I, I I sort of took some time to reflect on that and for me happiness in business is is flexibility okay and freedom and obviously you're going to have responsibilities you're responsible for clients businesses and that's yes. something I take very seriously it's a real privilege that clients entrust me yeah and my business to represent them publicly to their consumers and potential consumers that's um, that's amazing but responsibility wise in terms of I wanted to have the flexibility that you know I could really move the business where I wanted to yeah um and you know if I wanted to go and work from Spain for a week I could do that you because do I didn't necessarily have a tie of an office and a rigid 
static team in place. So I think, you know, we've been, we live in a world where we've been working in a very similar way for a long, long time. And that's going to take a long time to change that nine to five, Monday to Friday static office everyone's sitting in front of a screen you have to be there if you're not there you're not working yes all of that jazz and everyone works very differently and I think it's about trying to think of ways to get the most out of people and I was like how when do I work best and I'm not really a nine to five type of person me neither it doesn't I'm not uh sometimes sometimes I I just like to get up at six and start work straight away and then maybe I'll take a few hours off during the day and then I'll maybe work from six till midnight but if that's me getting the best results and as long as I'm meeting the client deadlines I'm giving the press and media you know influencers what they need then it doesn't shouldn't matter when I'm doing it so I took time to think about all of that and I was like well I probably don't really need an office Mm -hmm. anymore and I could probably work from home and do all of that and then that gives me the flexibility to think about what I want to do so this kind of this happened over a six month period and obviously you've when you've had an office and you've had a team and all of these things it takes a while to organize all of this sort of paperwork and that side of things to strip it all back because I had a lease with the office and that didn't run out this was October it didn't run out until the April of this year okay so it gave me a bit of time to pull everything back look at the sort of client portfolio we had at the time and who did I you know which clients did I feel we were in a position to move forward with which clients maybe were were maybe we should sort of separate because Mm -hmm. obviously with it just being me stripping it back there's only so much work one person can can do. do so that took it took a little bit of time and again I keep using the word reflect but I kind of needed that time to really sort of sit back and be like right what do I want how am I going to do this and it got to April moved out the office moved back home to my flat my lovely flat which I love and um I was just like right this is it this is exact I had for first time in a while, I had literally everything I'd asked for. You know that way sometimes you take a step back and you're just like, wow, I'm really grateful because a year ago I was asking for, for all, all of, of these this. things. And you know that way you don't realise sometimes it just takes a minute and you're like, I literally have everything I ever asked for. This is incredible. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but it was me. So then I was like, oh, actually, hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm still not sure if this is what I want. So... <laughs> I'm like, got to say Becky, <laughs> just be happy. And um, I was thinking again about how do I develop the business because although I'd stripped it all back, again, typical me, I was just like, oh, but I want to grow it more. Yes. And obviously you can't do everything yourself and yeah. you can't grow a business without people. Yeah. But if I had then decided to grow the business in the same way I grew BWPR, I would be the slowest learner in the entire entire world okay. because it's not a sustainable business model. Okay. Unless you've got a big cash injection, someone investing in it, something yes. like that where you've got the ability to take on some, you know, senior members of staff at yeah. the beginning and do all of that. It's it's just it wasn't going to work. I wasn't ever going to be in a position where I could take it to the next level and okay. compete or compete with those bigger agencies. Um or even collaborate with them. So um, I was looking at different business models and different ways of working and how, you know, work life was changing and flexible working and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve. And, you know, and I was looking at it, but it just, I knew where I wanted to take the business, but Mm -hmm. it just, there was like almost like an emotional blockage with with Becky White PR. And then I realised that Becky White PR 
She was dead. Oh, she needed to go. <laughs> she needed to go. Becky White PR. Becky White PR. And oh, no. <laughs> we've spoken about this before. We have but um, when I decided to end BWPR, I think like you'd said this to me. This was everyone's biggest concern was can we still call you Becky White PR? Oh, of course. <laughs> because it, it, just na- it just naturally rolls off the tongue and you're still saved in my phones, Becky White PR. I'm in my boyfriend's phone as Becky White PR. <laughs> Romantic. Oh, no. um, so it's, that's what, that was, it's kind of been me. It's yeah. been part of my life for so long that I've kind of become the business. Yes. It's just who I am. Yeah. But I knew in order to move things forward properly and really it was, I needed to start again. Yeah. I needed to totally just like just erase that business and start with something new and take all the good things all the lessons I'd learned all the positives from Becky White PR into a new business and a new way of working so I knew I wanted to collaborate and work with people okay but I didn't want to the same rigid business model as I had before and sort of a traditional agency I wanted to work with other freelancers and other smaller agencies that were just as passionate about the industry as I am and as proactive and accountable but they were all doing their own thing so I'm not talking about not giving people proper contracts and so they're freelance so I'm like saving money I'm talking about people that have their own successful businesses and careers in their own right and are amazing but together if we collaborate we can do even more amazing work we've got the opportunity to proactively pitch to bigger brands that just we would normally not get a look in not because we're not capable or talented enough but because big brands are programmed to work with big agencies because yeah. that's the way it's always been done and you yeah. know we've got to kind of sort of dispel that myth that you yes. know working with smaller teams and smaller agencies and individuals is still it can be really effective of if not course. more yeah so with all of those things um so we created a collective and there's 12 of us at the moment um 10 of us are in the UK two are out in LA and the idea is that we will grow it even further internationally so we've got a global network of people and for me as a business model the growth potential here is exponential because there's no financial risk for me of course because we're working with a network of people that are all doing their own thing we're bringing where it's give or take they're bringing work to Atomic 10 I'm taking work to them Um, and we're only like I'm only committing to work with people once the client is committed to a spend and also the growth potential is exponential in terms of international growth because we're just building networks across different continents and very unique as well especially in Scotland like because I don't know of any other agency I don't maybe not in Scotland but I mean I'm not reinventing the wheel here other people are doing this it's just it's still quite unusual but in five years time I've no doubt this will be how a lot of people are working. Okay. I think more and more people are going to become self-employed and it's just about trying to collaborate and work together. She probably actually mentioned the name of the company, Worst PR Ever. No, uh, <laughs> It's like, you can find us at. Um, <laughs> so I knew I needed a new name and actually once I came up with a new name, all of that just kind of ticked into place and I think you know you're on, on the right path because I was like, well, everything's just kind of working out. Yes. Um, so I really wanted to attract more clients clients like our client Care Bears yes. who I love like working with Care Bears is just my seven year old self's I mean, dream that is just the phenomenal it's client so much fun so we do all their UK comms we do their social in the UK and any um, PR marketing influencer outreach 
campaigns for them which is really fun um and um so i knew i wanted to attract more clients like that and i love neon um everything it represents it's bold it's vibrant it's kind of futuristic it's yes. out there i think it's maybe something that a lot of my friends and family would associate with me i, yep. I wear a lot of neon I, quite bright yes. um bit much uh, <laughs> <Not at laughs> and um so i was like right neon neon in every capacity was taken and i looked up in other languages it didn't quite work and then i was like oh neon's an element so i looked up in the periodic table and it's the 10th element so the new That's company cool. new agency is called atomic 10 very clever thank you a lot yeah. of people were surprised by that they, don't, <laughs> they just don't think i'm like some fashion beauty dits they were just like they're like oh that's quite smart, Becky. And I'm like, yeah. You're like, thank you. I yes. got a, I got a one in standard grade chemistry. I'll have you know. Oh, well, there you go. So, there we go. I mean, don't feel intimidated, guys. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so Atomic 10 was born. So you can find us at www.iamatomic10.com or I am Atomic 10 across all social media. Um, and we launched two months ago, almost exactly. Wow. What's okay. the date today? So today know. is the, let me see, 28. So, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly yes. two months ago. So it's very early days. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Atomic <laughs> 10. <laughs> two months old. Um, so it's very early it's days. So it's taking shape, but it's amazing works, really exciting works coming through already um, for members. And I really, I wasn't sure we would, you know, that would be happening yes. until the end of the year because it's, you know, it takes time to build these things up and get the processes in place. And because you're working with people when you're working with people in different time zones in particular it's like managing all of that yeah, which is be a learning. yeah it's a bit of a learning curve but it's really exciting and everyone's so everyone seems really motivated with it everyone's really yep. excited about it that's involved so far which is really motivating to me to yes. have that around me you really need that energy and um, I do anyway yeah. I get my energy from other people and that's again why I wanted to work with people again but just in a different format yes and um, because working on my own is not for me either I get my energy from other people and yeah sort of sitting working from home on your own all day it's tough it's not it's not for me either so this was a sort of balance on that um and yeah, so that's what we're doing now and it's I'm really enjoying it. It's really it's really exciting. It's almost like you've kind of worked your journeys taking you to this point, which is kind of where you're meant to be. I think so, yeah. But it's really exciting. So if you could look back in your career so far, Becky, mm -hmm. and tell us like lessons that you've learned what kind of lessons would you because you've you've spoken so very openly very honestly in this podcast about your journey which yeah. is fantastic but there's so many lessons that, that have come out so what would be your kind of your main ones if you like god so many lessons i've had so many failures <laughs> i've just like but taught also, me so much but then that's what they say um, you need to don't you need, need to, to oh my god anyone yes. that says they haven't failed before is lying yes because i'm like you have to fail you have to fall over a million times to you know get to up again yes. and under, yeah. you know no like understand yourself and move forward i think probably one of the the biggest lessons that i wish i'd understood a lot earlier not just in my career but in life okay was the power of collaboration and I think you know I think as as women we're kind of society is really ingrained that we should see each other as competition absolutely and you know and that's you know it's something it's going to be hard to battle against that and yep. you know for us all to see that if we work together we're so much stronger and not just with women with men as well of course yes but I think I 
until probably quite late on in my career, like, you know, probably in my late 20s, coming into my 30s, I didn't, you know, I, I was always very worried by collaborating. I thought that if I did that, that it would I wasn't good enough in okay. some way that I I wasn't good enough for what I did if I needed help when it doesn't mean that at all it just yeah. means you can be even better and I think it wasn't just collaboration I think I wish I'd I wish I'd understood earlier in my life and career that asking for help doesn't make you weak that's very that's a and very that key lesson you can't do everything yourself yeah and it's okay to ask for help. Yes. And like, please, if there is anyone that needs help out there in any way, just please like know that there's people that want to help. But it's, you know, especially in your career, because you're trying to be yeah. strong, you want to be look like you've got your shit together, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. But it's okay to, you know, if you can't do it, I, I guess a good sort of example of it is I never felt like I was bad at what I did because I got an accountant. Or an oh, IT of company. Course, of course. So why on earth would it, uh, you know, getting help in something that you, you, you know, you're, you, you do as a career yes. as well, like PR, getting help with that or yeah. the right people in place to support you, yeah. or asking just asking someone that's in the same field, how did you do this? Yes. Um, just because you ask them, you know, if someone asked me, I'd be delighted to share that with them, because you know people have helped me along the years, but I just that's, I guess the best lesson I wish I'd known sooner was, ask for help and collaborate as much as you possibly can which is now the whole structure and focus of my new business and that's another thing focus (laughs) I wish I'd like learned earlier on in my career that because with Becky White PR it was just like oh god we're just running a business now this is what we're doing don't know where we're going who knows oh another new client's coming that's good oh we're making money great but I, I didn't know where I was taking it okay whereas with Atomic 10 I've got a really clear vision with the business I know exactly what I want to do with it and that means that I'm really focused in terms of what clients we take on, who I'm trying to get involved as members of the collective, yeah. how we're promoting the business, our you know our whole entire, um, I guess personality of the business ethos and the pa- how we package it. Yes. Um, and you can only do that if you've got a real focus and vision in place. Okay. Because otherwise you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. And yes, you're going zigzags. Zigzags. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess. Ask for help, collaborate and focus. Wow, what a way to end the podcast <laughs> with three, baby. And these are lessons which I am going to know. Oh, it's lessons absorb. I'm, I'm doing it. It's lessons I'm learning still every day. You have to reteach yourself yeah. all the time. Which is another important thing, isn't yeah. it? Don't just I'll think that you know everything. Oh, God. Always learn, always and learn. Always, especially in careers like what we do. Yes. I'm like, technology is changing every single day. So if you're not learning something new every day, you're behind. Yeah, oh, God, it's yeah. so true, though, isn't it? Because you're just, we're all just, I guess, now wondering what's going to be the next social media. Yeah. Because it's like, there will be something next. Ah. Like, oh, God, we're going to try and <laughs> Yeah, oh, we'll be starting again, again and again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, but that's life, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, well, Cycle. thank you. The light, I know, the circle life. of life. <laughs> oh, we've ended on a Lion King. We can't top that. Okay, we can't. We can't top so, that. So, Becky, all I can say is thank you so much for being on the GDC podcast. Thanks for having me. And we'll speak to you very soon. Bye. Bye.